turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Happy Friday, everybody. It's Arthur Idala. I'm not around, but you're going to stay tuned for a great show with Joe Sibelia. Thank you, Arthur. Wow. What a great introduction that I got. It's so nice to be here once again on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. I have the great uh, pleasure of being joined by Matt Sambolin behind the board. How are you, Sambolino? Good evening, Mr. Sibilia. I'm doing well. I wonder if I have to pay Arthur for calling you Sambolino, if there's some kind of a, a I haven't trademarked it yet, but I'm really close to You should. So. I, I, I think you should. Because I, I know a good lawyer is going to help me with uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> the number of people who approach you on the street that I'm with where they go, Hey, Sambolino! Yeah, you certainly deserve to be paid a little extra for that. Uh, 606 here on AM 970, The Answer. Kind of a crazy night in New York. I just looked at the TV, and there's a big uh, rally going on at Columbus Circle. People calling for a ceasefire amid the uh, conflict that's going on between Israel and Hamas. And uh, just uh, uh, another crazy week in New York, because uh, when I talked to you last, it was uh, Election Day Eve on Monday. And we were talking about everything that was going to take place with the elections. And now, uh, a new development late this afternoon in the FBI probe into uh, Mayor Adams and his uh, campaign for mayor when he uh, ran back in 2021. Uh, except now, uh, the mayor himself has become directly involved in the investigation because the FBI approached him on Monday uh, he was at, at some kind of an event. They asked uh, for him to turn over any devices he had on his person, which included his cell phone, his iPad, and uh, they uh, were searching those devices. And this is a monumental development because uh, before it was uh, his campaign fundraiser, uh, Brianna Suggs, who uh, whose home was investigated by the FBI in this probe, and now the mayor is being directly linked to this investigation. So it'll be interesting to see how this develops. I know Arthur will uh, keep you abreast of everything that goes on in this investigation. I know how uh, Arthur is uh, close with uh, the mayor and uh, his team, and he's only had uh, the the best things to say about uh, Ms. Suggs and, uh, of course, Mayor Adams. Uh, But it's uh, it's alarming to see this. And, uh, Matt, I suppose you must feel the same way about 
uh, uh, this investigation. Obviously, we we do hope that if the mayor is uh, as innocent as he claims he well, is, he's exonerated from this. And but, and to be fair, he hasn't been accused of any wrongdoing yet. Right. Nothing like that. They just were searching his devices. Since then, his devices have been returned. He said that he's going to comply with investigators and anything they need. Uh, so uh, he's very respectful of that. But please continue. Yes, but I mean, it is alarming that uh, fingers are now pointing towards him. But look, the FBI is doing their due diligence and they have to investigate all the parties involved. So just to give a little more background on this probe, basically what they're saying is that uh, the mayoral campaign uh, allegedly, I guess, was receiving uh, funds from abroad, illegal funds from abroad for the campaign. So uh, again, it'll be interesting to see how this story uh, develops. Uh, this uh, report uh, just came down uh, this afternoon about the uh, confiscation of his devices, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what the developments are. But uh, on a, I wouldn't say a lighter note, but on a on a different topic, uh, we here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour today are going to be observing Veterans Day. Uh, yes, uh, tomorrow, of course, is Veterans Day. Today. Uh, much of the country has observed it. People had off from work. We don't get off from work. It's our duty to come on no. and celebrate Veterans Day with you, as uh, as uh, we are so honored to do uh, tonight and every night on AM nine seventy The Answer. And Joan Pelzer, who is really a machine, she's a superhuman. She all week long has been prompting me. I've got this person. I got that person. I didn't even have time to ask anybody to come on the show because Joan Pelzer had the whole show booked. Yeah, she's been way, way, in, way in advance. She's been putting her overtime and much appreciated. Uh, absolutely, she's a she's a dynamo, and uh, she's uh, she has some great guests coming on. Uh, we're going to have uh, Andrew Biggio on. He's the former United States Marine Corps Infantry Sergeant and the author of The Rifle Two: Back to the Battlefield. And uh, he's going to tell us about his book and the many veterans that he's interviewed for the book. And uh, Sergeant Biggio even goes to the battlefields where many of these veterans have fought with the veterans, uh, many of whom are in their 80s, their 90s, uh, maybe even a little older. And speaking of a little older, we have a gentleman by the name of Dominic, uh, Dominic Critellion. He's 102 years old. I don't know if I have ever met or spoken with somebody quite of that age, and he's a decorated World War II veteran who returned to Italy last month. We're going to hear a little bit about his trip, and he'll be joined by Elizabeth Bettina, who's an author and a documentarian and the founder of Be the Difference, Never Again, and we're going to hear about her organization and uh, how she was able to get Dominic to Italy, uh, and it, where they celebrated him and his service. Uh, and on a different subject, we're going to be talking with Kent Sopris, who's the president of the New York Association of Convenience Stores. And there's an issue that has been uh, plaguing New York City, uh, and that issue is uh, menthol cigarettes, but not the way that you think they are. This is more about how the Biden administration wants to ban the sale of menthol cigarettes and the damage that this could do to the convenience store industry and a lot of these small businesses that depend on the sales of menthol cigarettes to stay in business. So it's uh, going to be a, an interesting interview, I think, with um, Mr. Sopris and uh, uh, to know, hear about the convenience stores. I have to add, I'm surprised that you know cigarettes are so popular in sales because they're so highly taxed here in New York City. I mean, a pack of cigarettes is between 15 and $18. You know, it's interesting, and I want to ask him the direction that sales of tobacco products in general have taken in the last, say, 10 years. Because, 
it's a little bit, it amazes me how many people still partake in the use of any kind of drugs, but tobacco drugs too. Uh, and the fact that there's so much information out there and the education now about that subject is just so different from what it used to be. You would think that people would be a little wiser and avoid uh, smoking or participating in any kind of tobacco use altogether. So I, I, I'm interested to see what direction uh, the uh, the sales have uh, taken here in New York, and also how these convenience stores have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. I wonder if that has uh, hit them as hard as uh, this ban just might if the Biden administration is successful in what they're trying to do. Uh, real quick, uh, we have a couple minutes here. I want to just talk a little bit about uh, my family's military background. Uh, both my grandfathers served our country. Uh, my father's father, though, had a very interesting background in the service because when he was initially in uh, the military during World War II, he was the guy who dug up the landmines. And then one day, the... French general comes and needs a translator, and he's an interpreter, and who speaks perfect French but my grandfather? <laughs> so he goes from having the what could be the worst job a in the military, a, definitely a risky job. There's no room for error in that job. He goes from looking for the, the landmines to staying in the hotels with the French general. So <laughs> leave it to a Sibylia to uh, seek the finest accommodations, but uh, it, my, uh, my grandparents... Uh, what amazing people, as so many of these veterans are, and I just want to say happy Veterans Day to all the people who have served our country because that is a responsibility and an onus that I, I will never know and I certainly couldn't fathom. So coming up next, Ken Sopris uh, for uh, New York City Convenience Stores right here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This is Joe Sebelius. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too. For over 30 years, it's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing, too. If you join before November 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another $150 savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but just call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline's November 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Here's the number. 844-47-BIBLE. That's 844-47-BIBLE. 844-47-BIBLE. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare Rx, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Michael Rosario from St. Anthony's Neurology Group in St. Petersburg, Florida. CIDP, which is the acronym for Chronic Inflammatory Demyelinating Polyradicular Neuropathy, is an autoimmune disease in which our own immune system creates antibodies that target and attacks the nerve's outer covering called myelin. 
damage to this protective covering causes interruption in nerve signal leading to nerve dysfunction. When the nerves do not work well, we call that neuropathy. CIDP is one of many types of neuropathies. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by their guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle is back and bigger than ever. For five years, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle has made it possible for you to win next year's mortgage or rent. This year, we've raised the grand prize to $18,000. To pay for next year's mortgage or rent. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day and complete optional bonus tasks. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. War has played a key role in the history of the United States, from the nation's founding right down to the present. Wars made the United States independent, kept it together, increased its size, and established it as a global superpower. Hi, I'm James Early, host of the Key Battles of American History podcast. In each episode, I discuss American history through the lens of the most important battles of America's wars. To start listening now... Go to ParthenonPodcast.com or search Key Battles of American History on your favorite podcasting platform. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Hey, what a great musical selection that is, Matt. You like that? I do. Is that this is what you hear in all the convenience stores? Absolutely. A very, very, very uh, cheesy, right? That, I, I, but see, I like that music, and it's very fitting for our next segment because uh, convenience stores may be taking a bit of a hit if the Biden administration is successful in its push to ban menthol cigarettes nationwide. And how is this going to affect New York's convenience stores? Well, we're going to ask the expert himself, Kent Sopris, who's the president of the New York Association of Convenience Stores. Kent, thank you so much for being with me today. This is Joe Sibilia filling in for Arthur Idala. How are you? Thanks, Joe. Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being with me. It's an honor to talk with you. Now, why exactly would the ban of menthol cigarettes specifically be harmful to New York's convenience stores? Sure. So a federal menthol ban would do a couple of things uh, almost immediately. It would destroy local businesses that sell these legal products to adults and eliminate jobs. Um, those jobs would disappear overnight. Uh, but it would also uh, make the, the state and, 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 and countries illegal tobacco market uh, more lucrative. Uh, and with that, you know, the crime that is associated with those activities. Uh, let me start with the retail impact about 
51% of all tobacco products uh, that are sold in my stores, uh, which is about one-third of, of the entire business, are, are flavored with tobacco or flavored tobacco. Uh, and these sales, like I said, are about one-third of all convenience stores' businesses. So clearly uh, the sale of tobacco products uh, are really the bread and butter of convenience stores. Would you say that? That's right. Uh, absolutely. That and, and, and food uh, service. Um, and, and so, you know, with with those sales come sales tax. And the fiscal impact to the state would be about a $500 million tax hole uh, in, in 2024. Um, but here's the thing. It, it, some, some may say, well, of course you, you don't want these products to be banned because obviously you make a lot of money off of them. But the loss of a legitimate sale of cigarettes in my stores does not equal a decrease in the use of these menthol products. What a ban will do is just remove these products, this business, from law-abiding tax-paying companies and put it into an illicit market that doesn't pay taxes, that doesn't do things like uh, ID, uh, and, and create a very dangerous situation. You know, New York already leads the nation in cigarette smuggling and illegal retail sales. Uh, it's been estimated about 60% of all cigarettes consumed in the state have been purchased illegally from the beginning. So a flavor ban uh, of a very popular product would 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 make these numbers skyrocket and and here's the other thing it it wouldn't just eliminate menthol cigarettes uh a blanket ban a flavor ban would would eliminate uh less harmful smokeless and vape products that are often used by people trying to quit smoking uh both the federal and the state government along with the anti-smoking advocates all support what they call harm reduction activities which you want to get people to stop smoking you, they, they, they do vapes, they do uh, smokeless tobacco, and, and, and it works for some folks. Well, these products would now be, be banned and forced underground. Um, so, so what the, the problem is, is the data shows that there are two economies here, especially in the tobacco uh, space. There's the legal economy, which is getting squeezed and squeezed, and then there's the illegal economy, which is getting supported. Well, I I was going to ask you about the illegal economy. How big a bite exactly has the black market taken out of the business that your convenience stores do in terms of uh, sales of tobacco products, cigarettes, and that sort of yeah, thing? Yeah. I mean, it's, look, it's, it's the legal market. It's the native reservations in New York State. Uh, and, and what they're doing is, is, you know, in New York State now, a pack of cigarettes will cost $16, $17. You can go to these, these illegal uh, stores and buy it for $7, $8. Uh, so it is, it is hurting uh, uh, legitimate retail. Uh, and, 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 you know, when you don't have people coming in to buy their pack of cigarettes or, or whatnot, they, they, um, you know, they won't buy that sandwich or they won't buy that, that soda. And, and after a while, it does, it does hurt uh, the, real, the legal retail. And I want to go out of the way and say, obviously, you know, nobody is condoning smoking here. But how right. big um, – how have you seen the numbers change in terms of sales of tobacco products over the years? You know, I mean, there's more awareness now about the ills of smoking and the dangers that come with it and are inherent with tobacco use. Have you seen sales decline overall uh, in the last decade or so? For tobacco yeah, products, sales across across the board are are going down. Uh, and again, you're right. I'm, we're not condoning smoking, but it is a legal product, and there we're talking about 
selling to adults. Okay. Um, what the issue on the, the what the issue is is that prohibition doesn't work. Banning products only only impacts re- retail jobs uh, and business. And and a perfect example of this is the fact that New York State and the federal government about four years ago banned disposable flavored vapes. Okay. And yet, just this last week, the Centers for Disease Control released its National Youth Tobacco Survey, which highlighted the complete failure of the government to enforce this law. The survey showed that youth, middle and high schoolers, their favorite products were flavored disposable vapes with names like rainbow candy, blue cotton candy, blue raspberry, gummy bear, and and magic cotton grape. Okay, so... the, the, you tell me where how another another product ban is going to accomplish what the state wants it to accomplish. All it's going to do is force these products to where the disposable flavor vapes went, and that's the illicit market. Uh, we're talking with Ken Sopris, who's the president of the New York Association of Convenience Stores. Ken, as I understand it, you've sent a letter to Senator Chuck Schumer calling for his office to intercede and protect the interest of New York's convenience stores and small businesses. Have you heard from Senator Schumer since you sent uh, the letter? And overall, what has been the reaction to the proposed menthol ban by New York politicians? We have not heard from Senator Schumer, but I'm glad you brought that up. You know, Senator Schumer right now, our most immediate need is for Senator Schumer as majority leader, as New York senior senator, to push President Biden not to finalize this federal ban for the reasons I just laid out. Secondly, the federal government and the state government needs to coordinate efforts on stopping the importation of these illegal products, these these um, these these flavored vapes. They're coming in from China. The only the only entity that can stop. Uh, these from coming in is the federal government. So we do need Senator Schumer to listen and to pay attention and, and to take action. Um, you know, we've been working with, with our local politicians, our local electeds in New York, and a lot of them do understand this. A lot of them really do. I think you remember Governor Hochul, uh, proposed a menthol ban in New York last year, which we were successfully able to defeat with the assistance of a lot of, uh, uh the legislature who understood that it was not going to protect people was not going to keep people from smoking it was just going to force the the products underground and 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 here we are at the national level it would be an even more massive scale now something though that we have we have seen some bright uh spots here in new york and i I do have to highlight the fact that in westchester county uh county executive george latimer last year after the county tried a menthol ban um, which failed. He implemented and fully funded an education and enforcement program when where he went around, the county went around to retailers and told them, look, you can sell this, you can't sell this. We're going to come back and we're going to enforce this. And after they did, they would, they would penalize these stores. And in fact, county had the biggest illegal disposal bait bust in state history because of this program. Oh, that's interesting. It's, it, it's crazy to think, uh, <laughs> how this issue really uh, has uh, uh, grown so significantly in New York. And uh, I, it's, it just amazes me that uh, the impact, you would think, most people would think at first glance, that if you were to ban tobacco sale of any kind, 
mm-hmm. you, you would think that that would be a good thing. But really, it's interesting to see the harmful effects that it would have on the state. And uh, it's good that you're bringing this to light because our businesses have struggled in New York tremendously since COVID and the pandemic. And uh, the last thing we need are for our small businesses to, to hurt any more than they already have. Exactly. And you mentioned the pandemic. Most of my convenience stores, all of them stayed open during the pandemic. And I think in, in everywhere from Long Island to upstate New York, there are towns that sometimes the only game in town is, is a convenience store. And that's where people go. And, and to, to put them in this position where there's actually not going to be a public health benefit um, uh, is, is to me bizarre, but especially in light of the fact that the state and other states have been legalizing cannabis left and right. We are, the state is gung-ho. The state actually has financial, a financial stake in, in the cannabis industry here, uh, in that they, they lease a lot of the, the, the buildings to, to dispensaries. Um, you can't tell me that legalization of cannabis, but banning menthol cigarettes, uh, is not a is not hypocritical on some level, and and the state legislature, to their credit, heard this from us last year, uh, and and made some changes, and we're hoping that Senator Schumer uh, hears us and 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 takes some action too. Well, hopefully, Senator Schumer Schumer is listening to the show right now. We got to leave it there, though, Kent. Thank you so much. For joining me on the Arthur Idala Power Hour, this has been Kent Sopris, president of the New York Association of Convenience Stores, talking with me today. Kent, thank you again for your time and uh, for shedding some light on this issue. Thank you, Joe. Absolutely. Coming up next, more of the Arthur Idala Power Hour on this Veterans Day Friday. So what's the next I'm no convenience store Please join us tonight for Radio Night Live. It's the Fun Friday edition, and that means a lot of laughs with Caroline Hirsch of Caroline's and the New York Comedy Festival. She joins us tonight at 7 on Radio Night Live. We are moving now. Electric bikes are everywhere. They are quiet and very fast. Teens ride them on the roads, in bike lanes, but also in places they should not be, like sidewalks and parks. When you ride, wear a helmet. Don't speed. Watch out for pedestrians and cars. New York State and your community have specific rules for electric bikes. Follow them. Go to trafficsafety.ny.gov for more info. A message brought to you by the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. Calling all patriots, join me in Alaska in June 2024 for the adventure of a lifetime. For more information or to book, call 855-565-5519 or visit PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. It is cold and flu season again. Is your immune system ready? Invite Health is here to help with our immunity multivitamin, a comprehensive immune-supporting daily multivitamin packed with key minerals, vitamins, and antioxidants. Enhanced with the immune-boosting nutrients, elderberry extract, and nucleic acids to give your immune cells the power they need to fend off pathogens. Take an extra 10% off Invite's Immunity Multivitamin by calling now, 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Save even more with our new everyday low prices plus the additional 10% off on Invite's Immunity Multivitamin. Visit invitehealth.com to check out our entire 
entire product line and call 800-673-2345 for 10% off Immunity Multivitamin today. That number again, 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345 or go to invitehealth.com. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in this position? Well, tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows them to speed their way into the legal field and make great money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I speak to the district attorney's offices often, and they are in dire need of court reporters. Courts, schools, and television stations are all seeking these professionals to Record and caption everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. And the National Court Reporters Association has partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. Welcome back. To the Arthur Idala Power Hour with your guest host Joe Sibilia. I'm here along with Matt Sam Bolin this evening, and uh, happy to be talking to you uh, the Friday before Veterans Day. Many people are observing Veterans Day today. Uh, tomorrow, November 11th, is the official holiday, uh, the, the the holiday proper, I guess you could say. And uh, joining me in honor of Veterans Day is uh, former United States Marine Corps Infantry Sergeant Andrew Biggio, who has authored a terrific book called The Rifle Two: Back to the Battlefield. Sergeant Biggio, thank you for joining me, and happy Veterans Day, and thank you for your service for our country. Thank you so much for that intro, and I appreciate that. Well, it's such an honor to be talking with you, and uh, you have written a great book, and I want to talk to you all about that. I want to start by asking you what I hope is a relatively easy question. What was the impetus for writing... Uh, the sequel to your first book? Well, it's the fact that, you know, I had interviewed over 340 World War II veterans from all over the country, and uh, I just couldn't fit them into one book when I wrote The Rifle. So I had to make a sequel, and I thought it was, and the, and the, the readers wanted it. People wanted to hear more of these 
World War II veterans who never spoke about it, who are opening up in the, you know, the last stages of their lives, really. And it, it became also a great, you know, almost like a manual for these younger veterans that are coming home on how to live a successful life after combat. Now, how many years have you been interviewing these veterans for, and how did you first become interested in the profiling them and their stories of uh, combat and uh, their time serving our country? Yeah, I think I started in 2016, which you would think is, you know, obviously relatively late in the game for interviewing World War II veterans, because at that time, the youngest ones were probably 91, 92. And obviously that's because I had to get my own service completed. I had other things going on in my life. But once I realized that we were losing the World War II veterans at a rapid pace, you know, I was in a race against time. And what really intrigued me was, you know, I was named after my uncle who was killed in action in World War II, killed in Italy. And I was trying to find survivors he was with just to help some closure in my own life. But during the process, I started meeting these extraordinary men and women with their own stories that I felt were important to not um, just bypass. So I decided to capture their stories, too. Now, what have you found to be the common through line between all veterans who have served our country, be it World War II, be it uh, Vietnam, be it Desert Storm? What What is the common through line among all these veterans and their return to the United States after serving our country. Yeah, so the return for especially the older veterans is that they just stayed busy. They stayed involved. They stayed focused. They never felt sorry for themselves if they had a rough time in the military or a, a fine time. You know, it was come home, start a family, start a career, go to college, have a job, retire from that job, start another job. In the air, you know, getting involved in organizations, associations, they kept their minds so busy, they didn't have time to dwell on the past or think about the negatives, and they turned their negative into positive, and a, and a lot of veterans should take that into uh, consideration instead of, um, you know, throwing in a towel early in life, you know, but just sitting on a couch and collecting a paycheck, get out there, get involved, because your brother and sister veteran need you. You uh, interviewed many very noble uh, people for your book and uh, have many great stories. Uh, one of them was a gentleman by the name of Jack Moran, who's 98 years old. He's from uh, Los Angeles, California, and he served at the 87th Infantry Division in World War II. And he participated in liberating Germany and subcamps of the Buchenwald concentration camp. What was it like to talk to him? I'm, I'm sure that must have been a, quite an emotional interview uh, to hear his story about uh, what he did for his country and also uh, for uh, the people who were imprisoned in uh, in many occasions, I'm sure, their own country. Well, Jack and I returned to Germany, and we returned through the gates of Buchenwald concentration camp, and it was uh, very powerful. I mean, I brought about four World War II veterans back to Buchenwald, and even the other three who didn't technically liberate that to the camp to show these men what they fought for. 78 years later, 79 years later, showing them um, the concentration, uh, excuse me, the Constantina wire, showing them the ovens, showing them the, the camp, the barracks, I mean, the, the monuments that are there, the the, uh, the list of, of people who were killed there. I mean, showing them that 79 years later was um, very historic for me and brought a lot of closure to them on what the war was all about back then. 
So it's it's this has been. I wouldn't trade any of this for the world. Being with these men and interviewing them and returning to Europe, which I've done 15 times now with over 30 World War II veterans, I've brought them back. I mean, these guys, in my eyes, are more important to me than any celebrity or any professional athlete. Uh, and uh, you're 100% right about that because uh, nothing can replace uh, the service that uh, so many of these uh, brave men and women have uh, done for our country. Now, l- let me ask you, we were talking a little bit before about how uh, many soldiers and uh, servicemen and women uh, readjusted to life coming back to the United States. Uh, now, of course, in our society, we have a much different view of uh, how to handle, uh, you know, different mental health issues that could arise from that. How have you found that the people who were veterans of World War II handled some of the trauma uh, that they went through in serving for our country? Well, in, in rifle, the book, The Rifle 2, I, I, I steer off from the honky-dory um, kind of like everything was great and swept under the rug like I did in Rifle 1. You know, Rifle 2, I cover a lot of veterans who came home with PTSD, who came home as alcoholics, came home, ended up in jail, you know, made mistakes. These World War II veterans who I talked about talked to, you know, some of them lied about their service and to cover up what they really did and um, I did this to show that even the greatest generation sometimes was not so great. And these kind of things, you know, the government and, um, you know, pop culture back then swept PTSD under the rug, which was known as combat fatigue, because it made it appear that our soldiers or veterans were weak. But really, everybody was suffering from it. And there were programs back then, but they just weren't as popular. You know, the, the government and the VA had a... Um, post-traumatic stress unit at Lake Placid, New York, and, and veterans went there uh, for weeks and lived there until they had proper counseling. But it's just this stuff isn't widely known, um, and I met veterans who, who were there, who did go there after they came off the battlefield from from having this traumatic stuff happen to them. And um, so, But you would only know that if you sat across from a World War II veteran and went over their lives after war. Uh, tell us a little bit about the titular rifle in the title, The Rifle 2, and, of course, your first book, The Rifle. Uh, what exactly is The Rifle that you're referring to? Well, what helped me break the ice with all these veterans was I would show up to their home with an M1 Grand Rifle. That is the rifle of the standard rifle of that era, that time. Most veterans either used it in basic training or definitely carried it in the war, and I would put it in their hands again, this rifle, and I would record their memories. I would watch them as they hold this instrument of warfare again after 75, 80 years and record their reaction and memories of holding this rifle again. And a lot of them couldn't help it, but they were smiling ear to ear holding that thing again, age 98. It's like the, it transformed them into being 19 years old again. So every veteran I've met, I've had them sign their name on this rifle. So now this rifle is covered in 320 names. That's incredible, and that needs to go in a museum at some point because yep, that's a, that's a truly a piece of history right there, Sergeant Biggio. I got to leave it there, Andrew Biggio. Thank you again. The book is The Rifle Two: Back to the Battlefield, and I am looking forward to reading it. So, thank you for joining me, and uh, you, a happy sir. Veterans Day uh, to you and uh, to all the veterans. And thank you once more for your service. God bless. Take care. Andrew Biggio right there on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Don't go away. We've got a lot more coming up with your guest host, Joe Sibilia, right here on AM 970, The Answer.
The Christmas Mortgage Miracle is back and bigger than ever. For five years, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle has made it possible for you to win next year's mortgage or rent. This year, we've raised the grand prize to $18,000. To pay for next year's mortgage or rent. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day and complete optional bonus tasks. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds, like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Let's talk about Bay Ridge Honda, run by my friend Rob Sabah. The Sabah family has owned and operated this Honda dealer for over 60 years. My grandfather bought a Honda Accord there in 1980 and kept it for decades. Bay Ridge Honda serves all five boroughs, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, and the Bronx. My parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, everyone I know has purchased a car from Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. And you can save big all month long at Bay Ridge Honda's Big Black Friday sale. Big inventory, big benefits, and big savings with all the new Honda models in stock marked below manufacturer's retail prices. So visit Bay Ridge Honda on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. This sale ends November 30th, 2023. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. A little bit of Lee Greenwood here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour with your guest host, Joe Sibilia. In honor of Veterans Day, we're observing Veterans Day today because tomorrow is Veterans Day proper. And joining me on the show in honor of all of the veterans who've served our country is a gentleman who served our country himself. He is 102 years old. He's a decorated World War II vet who returned to Italy last month. We're going to hear all about that. His name is Dominic Critelli, and joining him as well is Elizabeth Bettina, author and documentarian and founder of Be the Difference, Never Again. Elizabeth and Dominic, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you today? Oh, pretty good, thank you. Now, it's Eliz- nice to have us. It's indeed very nice to have you, and uh, Dominic, thank you for your service for our country. Elizabeth, I want to start off by asking you how you first uh, became uh, connected with Dominic. I became connected with Dominic exactly a year ago today um, when I had 20 World War II veterans um, be honored and celebrated in New York City with the Department of Veteran Services, and they were celebrated in Times Square, the New York Stock Exchange, the Giants game, etc., and I met Dominic, and he rang the closing bell on Veterans Day last year. So, Elizabeth, I understand that Dominic recently went back to Italy. Tell us a little bit about his trip. 
he wanted to go back to Italy to his little town called Tidiolo in Calabria. And we we also met with the U.S. ambassador at the embassy. We were in the Vatican at the Secretary of State's office. We went to a very important visit to the American Cemetery in Rome, where 7,861 soldiers are buried, of which 122 are buried under the Star of David. And then we went to the base in Naples, and Dominic played the saxophone with the Sixth Fleet Band. Wow, that's uh, Dominic. That's pretty impressive. I didn't know that you were quite the musical talent. Uh, thank oh, you. I was, I, I was playing since I was thirteen. <laughs> so at one hundred and two, I guess you've had a lot of practice at this point. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dominic, thank you first of all for your service, and let me ask: Where did you fight during World War II? If I may ask. Well, I uh, landed from England. I, I landed on the Utah beach. And uh, there I saw some terrible sights. Uh, my buddies lying on the beach there with their face down. And uh, in the water with their face down and their rifles still in their hands because they couldn't get off a shot. They were shooting them from the top, the Germans. So that, that, made, that left a terrible impression on me. And uh, we we went, we finally got them up on the top. We got the Nazis up there, and then from there we fought the hedge uh, the hedge groves. The Nazis were were hiding in the hedge groves, and we got rid of them. And then finally we went to the bat- Battle of the Bulge, and there I uh, made fourteen trips uh, with an airplane. We dropped supplies because they had no supplies. They had no boats. They had nothing. The next day, our bombers, it was a nice day, beautiful day, and we got rid of them. I got an air medal for that. Dominic, I, I could not imagine being in your shoes. It's incredible what you and uh, your uh, comrades did in the, uh, in the war. Now, let me ask you, what do you want people to know on this Veterans Day weekend? What do you want people to take away and keep with them? Uh, this Veterans Day, and uh, for all days of the year, for that matter? Well, I personally would like them to know that I lost a lot of my buddies on the beach. I lost a lot of my buddies on the battles. And uh, these were young kids, 20 years old, you know, because, you know, I'm 102 now. And... uh, uh, I just just seeing them makes me very bad. It makes me feel terrible. And I, I think of them every day. Every day I think of them because I, I got 80 years out of it. And, uh, well, they got nothing. They gave everything and got nothing for this country. We're talking with Dominic Critelli, who is a 102-year-old decorated World War II veteran, and uh, Elizabeth Tina, who is an author and a documentary producer. And, Elizabeth, I want to ask you about your uh, foundation, uh, Be the Difference, Never Again. Uh, uh, what is this organization all about? It, um, it's about people being a difference, taking action, not to be a bystander, but to be an upstander. And it could just be as simple as giving up your seat on the subway for somebody that looks like they need it on a bus, helping someone um, take their kid to a baseball practice if they need some help. And it can be down from it started from my Holocaust work with meeting people who survived in Italy 
because Italians risked their lives to save them, even though Italy was allied with Mussolini. 80% of the Jews in Italy survived because Italians hid them and didn't obey the rules. And Kristallnacht started sort of the beginnings of the Holocaust in Germany. It was November 9th through 10th, the night of glass in Germany, 1938, 85 years ago exactly, starting last night, when synagogues were burned down, the glass was broken, hence the word broken glass, when Jews were starting to be deported, killed, etc., so that's the beginning of all the bad things that started with people being hurt in their own homes 85 years ago. And then I wound up writing a book about Jews who escaped to Italy, were saved in Italy. And from there, I made a documentary, which Isabella Rossellini is the narrator, called My Italian Secret. The book is called It Happened in Italy, and it's in Barnes & Noble and Amazon. And then from there, I was invited to Auschwitz for the 70th um, anniversary of the liberation, January 27th, 2015. And I thought of all the veteran, the, the soldiers who liberated Europe and the rest of the world, and they are not remembered. And as a result, worked with wonderful people in Italy, Robbie Shackelford and Michael Wright, who run semester abroad programs in Florence and Rome. And they take their students to the American cemeteries in Rome and Florence. And each student has to learn about one soldier, eternally 19, 20 years old is the average age in both cemeteries. They learn about one soldier who gave their all, sacrificed everything, and they understand what freedom means. It's not free, and it's not only not free in economic terms, it's not free in the most important thing, in giving your life for someone else. And Dominic did that. He was willing to give his life. His plane had bullet holes in it when it landed. He saw his buddies. So it's thanks to people like Dominic and every other veteran that we have today. And we have the freedoms we have, and we need to thank them every single day. And not just with words with actions. Uh, that's uh, incredible work that you're doing, Elizabeth. And Dominic, incredible work you did. I've got about a minute left, Dominic, but I want to ask you before we go, in 102 years, what do you think has been uh, the greatest change you've seen for better or for worse in our country? Well, it's some for better and some for worse. Uh, the better, I see that uh, people understand the veteran now. Before, they didn't understand the veteran too much. Yeah, you're a veteran, so what? You know, it was that kind of a thing. But today, they see a veteran, they say, uh, oh, thank you for your service. Uh, that, that, to me, you know, makes me feel better in one way. In another way, and uh, I feel so much uh, that this country that people know what they really have. They have freedom. They, they, they had something that nobody else has in the world. Something so great that I, I never realized this when I was younger, but I realized that after I went to war, that they have such a wonderful thing and they have to keep it that way because it just doesn't stay by itself. You have to keep it yourself and you have to try and do whatever you can for this country.
Truer words never spoken. Dominic Critelli, thank you. And Elizabeth Bettina, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This has been your guest host, Joe Sibilia. I want to thank Arthur, Joan Pelzer, Jerry Crowley, Matt Sambolin, and you for listening. And stay tuned for Kevin McCullough right here on AM 970, The Answer. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC.